Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For my whole life, I have lived in that nowhere town, nestled in the woods of central Ontario, just off Highway 144, where the pines were tall and the days were cold. Since I was young, I'd wanted out, not only because of my fear of becoming a townie like my peers were destined to be, but because of my family. I had a rough childhood, one I'm not keen to get into. Suffice to say, my home life alone was enough to convince me to leave and never come back. So, at age 19, with nothing but a trunk of clothes and personal items and my aunt's hand-me-down 2007 Toyota Corolla, I did just that. That night was the straw that broke the camel's back. Things had been rocky since mum passed away, and after a night of beer-breath beratement from my father, I just couldn't take it anymore. I remember being so angry I could have cried. I wasn't thinking straight, I know that now, but I don't regret it. The lights of the town faded out behind me in the rearview mirror. I should have been happy, I should have celebrated called up my friends from out of town and asked them to make a spot for me on their couch or recommend a good motel to crash in. But as I drove in the dark, all I felt was a crawling dread. My friends had offered me a place to stay countless times, even just for a night. I'd always turned them down. I convinced myself that I could do this on my own, that I didn't need anyone's help to get out of here. I guess I was right after all though. That pit in my stomach just got deeper and deeper. It wasn't so bad that I needed to leave, really. But I shook my head. I didn't let myself feel a thing at all, honestly. I was just doing it to prove a point. I could leave, even if I'd be back eventually. I'd push those thoughts out of my head, though. I didn't need any distractions. But I should have seen it coming then, right? I wasn't distracted by any emotions... I was just staring straight ahead. I should have seen it, right? I have trouble recalling what happened that caused my car to crash. I must have just hit my head, but there was no bruise, no pain. There was something in front of my car, and then it wasn't there anymore. There was a bang as my tire popped, and I swerved to the side, coming to a skidding halt on the dirt road. I jumped out of the car looking around in confusion to see what I'd hit, but there wasn't anything there. Not a sharp rock or tire spikes, not a deer or dog or any other animal. I swore to myself when I took my phone out, finding it unable to turn on. The welcome sign at the outskirts of town was right behind me, staring me down mockingly. I looked down the road, 
even though I couldn't see very far. There was a light in the distance, yellow and blue and white, just within reach. I took the keys and wallet out of my car and locked the door behind me, and started walking down the road. It didn't take long to reach the lights. Just off the side of the road, there it was. It was the size of a supermarket, with warm yellow light emanating from inside. It looked just like a normal grocery store, albeit an unpopulated one, with large glass windows at the front to entice those outside to take a peek at its wares. Above the entrance, there was the name of the store, in big neon blue bubble letters, Solomart. I'd driven out of town this way dozens of times, and I'd never noticed it, but I wasn't about to look a gift horse in the mouth. I figured I could ask to use the landline and maybe get a snack for the road while I was there. I walked into the store, hands shoved into my pockets as I glanced around in search of a staff member. I've always hated asking for help at grocery stores, and being the only person in the store aside from staff only makes it worse for some reason. I started to slink through the aisles, hoping to run into someone. The place made me feel really on edge for some reason, like I'd been here before. The sense of deja vu I got just from standing in the canned food aisle made whatever appetite I had dry up immediately. Hello sir, welcome to Solomart. I nearly jumped out of my skin when someone came up behind me. I whirled around to face the employee. He was just a regular looking guy. Of course he was. What was I thinking? He was a little shorter than me with brown hair, wearing a blue polo shirt with a name tag clipped on his chest. Keith, it read. He looked familiar, but I was sure I'd never seen him before in my life. I knew I'd never met him but he had the face of someone who I'd known since I was young, but hadn't seen in years. It made me feel... something I can't describe. Hey, uh... Sorry, do you have a landline I could use? I asked. He blinked at me for a long moment, like he didn't understand what I'd said. I was about to repeat what I said, thinking he hadn't understood me, but before I could, he cleared his throat. Landline? Right, yes, of course, sir, he said, sounding confused at first, but becoming more aware as he spoke. He stood there for a long moment. Hold on, I'm sorry, I need to check in the staff room for a landline. He didn't meet my eyes, looking through me rather than at me, with a strange, glazed-over expression of bland, polite drivility. I'll go look for a phone. Why don't you take a look around the store while I do that? Are uh, you okay? I asked. His expression didn't change. I got a strange feeling like something was on the tip of my tongue. Have we met before? He didn't respond, didn't even give me a look as he turned on his heel and walked away. Weird. I figured he was probably high or maybe just sleep deprived. I felt bad for the guy but he still left me with the hair on my neck standing on end and a wary feeling weighing on me. I figured I'd pass the time by walking around. The store truly was empty, the only sound coming from my footsteps and the music that played from the speaker system. It sounded... old. Like someone had deep fried the sound quality of an old 50s commercial track. 
I ran to the corner into one of the aisles into the frozen food section. There was a stand with free samples, where another person was standing. She had long blonde hair and brown eyes, wearing the same uniform as Keith. I squinted at her. Was she? Samantha? I asked, cocking my head at her. She stared straight forward for a moment with a blank expression on her face before blinking and turning to look at me with a bright smile. Uh, uh, I'm afraid not, sir, she said. I blinked a few times and, oh, I guess she wasn't her. I could have sworn she was, but when I blinked, she looked like a complete stranger. I glanced at her name tag. Jane. Oh, sorry, I thought you were someone else, I said. Embarrassment crept on my neck at the situation I'd put myself in, so I tried to curb my discomfort by looking down at a table of free samples. It was ice cream, I think. She had a big tub of the stuff on the table, a plastic container of pale purple frozen something. The container had the word Exiwip written on the lid and side in loopy white script on a dark purple background with little white stars like a night sky. Next to the tub of ice cream, there was a tray of paper cups with tiny portions of Exiwip. I'd never seen it in a store before. It's vegan. Would you like to try it? She asked jovially, breaking me out of my contemplation. Yeah, sure, I said, picking up one of the little cups. She handed me a tiny spoon to eat it with. Um, thanks. I'm just going to walk around, I said. For some reason, the way she looked at me made me feel just so uncomfortable. She hardly blinked, just stared head on at me with that same blank smile that Keith had. I wandered away, taking a tentative bite of the Exiwip. It was sweet, marshmallowy, like some weird kind of blue moon ice cream. It had a strange aftertaste, like a sugar-free sweetener that made me grimace. Yuck. I tried another bite to make sure I didn't like it, and nope, it was bad. I wondered why they even carried this stuff. I started looking around for a garbage bin to toss it in, wondering where the hell Keith had gone and what was taking him so long. As I walked down the frozen food aisle, I started to feel strange. My steps got sluggish, my head began to hurt, almost like a brain freeze, right behind the eyes. I winced, holding my head with my free hand and looking down at the melting cup of Exit Whip with confusion. What the hell were they putting in this? My head spun, sparks appearing in my vision, my ears beginning to ring and... I think I blacked out. I must have. I remember falling to the cool tile floor and my vision going dark. I think... I dreamed. I dreamt I was somewhere, like a void of dark purple. Ahead of me, there was a purple spotlight shining down on a spot far away. I think I tried to run to it. It was like running through syrup on a treadmill, not making any progress despite running myself dry. I shot awake suddenly. I expected to wake up in my room back home, the weight of my blankets on my back and the smell of cigarettes and beer from downstairs. But I didn't. I woke up right where I'd fallen down, in the frozen food aisle of Solomart. It couldn't have been long since I fell, 
right? But when I looked around for Jane, she was missing from a samples table. I decided to go looking for her and Keith, my vision still swimming as I stood. I rubbed my eyes, and in the freezer, where there would normally be all manner of brands and boxes, all that was there were boxes and tubs labelled with the same branding as I'd seen on the Exi Whip. Exi Cheesy Bread, Exi Fries, Exi Rolls, Exi Chow, Exi Brand, with that dark purple background and loopy white text. I turned to the shelves behind me. Exi Chips, Exi Munch Cereal. You get the picture. It wasn't like that before. Everything was normal before. I held my head, starting to walk down the aisle. There was a squish under my shoe. I looked down, grimacing at the puddle of purple slime the Exi Whip had melted into. I didn't pay it any mind. I tried to wipe it off on the floor to no avail. I shrugged it off and kept walking, and kept walking, and kept walking. Had this aisle always been this long? It stretched out in front of me like it was a mile long, making my head throb. I turned around and started walking towards the free samples table, rounding the corner from the frozen section towards the bakery. The music was similar to how it had been before, but more high-pitched, faster, like someone was skipping through it. Hello, I called out, walking past a display of purple loaves of hexy bread. Walking past a display of purple loaves of hexy bread. Jane? Keith? Is anyone there? There was no answer. Not a peep, aside from my footsteps and the music overhead. I could feel anxiety rising in my chest. Screw this place. I could just go back to my car and hitch a ride off someone. Maybe go back home and just wait out my dad's drunken anger. I turned down the nearest aisle and stopped, dead in my tracks. Down the aisle, there was... someone. Something? I don't know what I'd call it. It was in the shape of a person, I think. Like a shadow, or the absence of light altogether, in the shape of a person, carrying a basket... It was looking at products like it was just a normal customer. I felt sick, all my hair standing up on end and my heart beginning to pound. I rushed away from that aisle, looking for a way past it, only to find the aisles filled with more and more of the things, all shopping like normal. I don't know why I was so afraid. I just ran, looking for somewhere away from the things, but they were everywhere. When I turned around to find somewhere away from them, they were in places I had been before. I had to find Jane. I had to find Keith. At least they were normal. At least I knew what the hell they were. It felt like the store was stretching in front of me, like I wasn't making any progress at all. Frustration and fear and despair all mingled in my stomach, a lump forming in my throat as my hands began to shake. And then, in front of me, the staff room door opened. Those familiar but odd faces in front of me brought the most relief I'd felt the entire time I'd been in this strange place. Jane! Keith! I called out, finally able to run towards them. I didn't even notice the strange expressions on their face until I was just a few steps away. What's going on? What? I tried to stammer out a question, feeling breathless. Keith reached out and gently patted my arm. It's okay, Andrew. We'll keep you safe. He had that same glazed smile on his face, as if nothing was wrong. 
Jane grabbed my arm, gently pulling me towards the entrance of the staff room. You can hide in here until they go away. She soothed with that same tone. Her voice was so familiar, it made my head hurt. I wanted to follow them. They were the only thing I could understand in this place. But my fear began to return. I looked past them into the staff room, but it wasn't there. A purplish, starry void was all that was there. A familiar void, but a void all the same. I felt like throwing up, balling my quivering hands into fists to hide my fear. I don't... I can't... I took a step back, but Jane squeezed my wrist hard, still staring at me with that smile, only growing more manic. It's safe here, Andrew, she said. You'll only get hurt if you stay out there, Andrew, Keith said through gritted teeth, barely masking his frustration. I stepped back again, trying to wriggle my arm free. Let go of me, I whispered, my voice strangled by the tightness of my throat. Keith grabbed onto my other arm, trying to help Jane drag me towards the staff room. I leaned back, going dead weight, and finally managing to yell, Let go of me! It startled them just long enough for me to get my arms free and stumble back, but I didn't make it far before Keith jumped at me. We both fell to the ground, and I screamed, but I couldn't get much else out, because as soon as he righted himself, he wrapped his hands around my neck and began to choke me. His eyes were manic and feral, teeth gritted, drool dribbled out of his mouth and hit my cheek. I struggled under him, grabbing his arm, but then Jane was there, grabbing my wrist and pulling my hand away. She wrestled my arms down onto the ground and put her knees onto them, holding me down. Then she gently held my face in her hands, tipping my face up to look at hers. Her eyes had gone purple, like the void, full of white stars. Just relax, Andrew. It's better this way she said, in my mother's voice. I sobbed, squirming under her and trying to pull away from them. She wasn't her. She wasn't. She wore my mom's face like a Halloween mask, stretched to fit over an unfit base. It's better this way. It's easier this way, she promised. My breathing was getting short, my mouth gaping open like a fish out of water and desperately trying to drag in air that wouldn't come. Purple starry ooze began to drip from the monster's eyes, hitting my face and sliding down, mingling with my own tears. It hurt. It all hurt. I couldn't breathe. That sludge burned my skin. That thing's hands dug in harder. My eyes rolled up in my head. I was in that dark void again. Purple light far ahead, out of reach no matter how hard I ran. I looked behind me, where the dark only got darker, more unsure. It would be easy to keep running. I'd get there eventually. I would be better eventually. If I could just wait. If I could fix it. If I just stuck around, I could fix it here. I had to fix it. I... I looked back at the purple light and turned towards the uncertain void. I began to run, finally making headway through the slow, honey-thick air. Dark hands reached out to me. My eyes shot open, and with the air I still had left, I rolled my head back, closed my eyes, and screamed for help. There was a moment of nothingness. I thought I died. But then I heard shouting. I opened my eyes, looking around me, 
and those things, those shadows, they grabbed Keith and Jane off me. When I sat up to look, they were... deflated. Like they'd been suits that no one was wearing anymore, flattened and empty. I stared at them for a long moment. One of the shadows reached out to me. I flinched back, looking up at his featureless form. I reached back hesitantly and took its hand. It helped me to my feet, dusting me off and speaking backwards. A question. I nodded. They let me lean heavily against them, and I didn't trust my legs to carry me. I was so tired. The other shadows parted for us to walk past, looking at us with reserved curiosity. I glanced back behind myself, and they began to fade out of sight until the one holding me was the only one left. They slowly shifted, letting me stand on my own. They gave me a thumbs up and faded away. I let my eyes close. I was standing in the middle of the highway when I opened my eyes. My phone vibrated in my hands. I lifted it to look. My father's number was displayed on the screen. I hit the cancel call button. I looked behind me and my car was right where I'd left it. I walked towards it shakily and got inside to shield myself from the cool night air. Melted exit whips smeared on the floor of my car under my shoe as I shut the door behind me. I scrolled through my phone to find my friend's number and called them. I'd need a ride out of here. I wouldn't be coming back. <laughs>